Welcome, everybody, to Season 3 of OmniSense Card Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Zakowitz, and this season has been all about email marketing automation and how you can do it effectively to increase your sales, not your workload. On today's episode, we are going to veer just a tad and dive into how SMS marketing fits into all of this. I'm going to speak with Rob Lynn, owner of DivaTris, where he will share how they are finding success using SMS as a marketing channel. But first, let's get this episode rolling by welcoming back to the show e-commerce veteran Lucas Walker. Lucas, nice to speak again. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me back, Greg. Really enjoying doing these intros and being a part of the Cart Insiders podcast. Excellent. We are really glad you're here and joining us for the season. So can't thank you enough for it. Enjoy the conversation. Plus, I can talk less, which is always good in my book. Lucas, we are here to talk about SMS marketing today, like we did in the very first episode where me, you, and Gabe were chatting. We're going to talk a little bit, kind of set up the conversation today, but why we're talking about SMS, looking at our 2020 metrics report, it's just, it's blowing up, right? Last year, OmniSend sent nearly 400% more SMS messages than the year previous. And even with the increase, click rates have gone up, conversion rates have gone up almost 100%. 100% for the conversion rates. I think it was 95% maybe for click rates. So it's up there. Q4, no let up. Conversion rates actually went up in November and December. So at the busiest time for e-commerce brands and they're sending more and people are shopping from them. So we're in a world now where SMS is just an everyday communication channel for not only consumers, just people, right? It's just the way we interact. And I always tell people, You ever go a day without checking an SMS, whether you send a message or read one, it's part of your daily life now. And that's that's probably why we're seeing such a rise in it. My question, I want to talk more about like personal stuff here. So, uh, Lucas, are you signed up to receive SMS messages from brands? Yeah, not a ton. I'm definitely a lot more conscious of who I sign up for SMS with. But the ones who I I do give my, my info to, I'm never disappointed. And the big value to me is whenever it's something that's very time sensitive, so say appointments, limited edition releases, anything like that, those are the messages that I typically really like to see. But whenever it's spammy, and I think we all know what what constitutes as spammy, I don't love it as much and I'm a lot more likely to unsubscribe. So I think that you have to tread carefully. And I I can't remember if we said it on episode one or if it was on my podcast, Pit Stop, when even just collecting SMSs and having a few little ways to engage with your customers, you might not be too late now, but every single data point that we've looked at points to SMS being really standard sort of 12 to 18 months from now. We definitely talked about this, right? And my contention, if you're not doing it by this time next year, you're probably going to be well behind the, the curve here. I think one of the reasons that is, is you touched on it with your first answer. Like, I'm not signed up for a lot, but the ones I'm signed up for, I'm really engaged with. And that's probably why we see conversion rates going up. I think you're probably not in the minority there. You're probably in the majority where people like the channel, they interact with it, but they are a little more choosy with, they're not going to sign up unless you're me for every brand where you see the SMS, which makes you a really engaged and a really kind of like prize to the eye for the marketer, for the brand there. Going into it the first time, what's the reason you're compelled to sign up for an SMS program from a company? Usually it's some sort of notification that I don't want to miss. 
So it could be a shipping type of confirmation where I need to be there to to receive it. It could be if it's a specific delivery or pickup time. But the big thing is, do I want to get the message I'm going to be promised? So one that comes to mind recently was a, a new product was being being launched and I, I did not want to miss it. So I signed up for SMS. The other reason is for if I have questions and I ask it for support via via SMS, I'm far more likely to make a purchase if I've started asking questions on that that channel. And so this is very important to remember if you have things like sizes or limits. I know I was looking at a suitcase uh, about 15 months ago and I just had questions about the sizes for carry-on and whatnot. And I was chatting with a brand over SMS. And it was nice because that's where my my attention was and sort of where I was actively shopping. So I could check my email for any discounts or new releases. But when I'm actively shopping a product, it's nice to be notified during SMS because I can follow up quicker and, and make my decision. You definitely talked a lot about like transactional stuff, which I think is 100% spot on. I think even if people didn't want to get SMS marketing messages, if you said, would you still want to get SMS from a transactional standpoint, right? Order and shipping confirmations. I would bet many people would also would say yes to that where they might not do it for marketing. So I 100% agree with you. I think it just adds a layer of transparency to the order process, to the shipping process. It also makes you feel more comfortable with the brand. It does have this kind of subtle psychological factor where it makes you feel like the brand's got it together. Even though you don't get an SMS, they might still have it together perfectly fine, but you get that level of comfort there, right? Which I think is really, you can't buy that that type of comfort just from branding and marketing and things like that unless you're a really established player. So I love what you said about the transactional side and how it fits into the overall purchase experience. Or like you said, it could even be an update for something new. I know we're not talking to them on today's episode, but we've discussed FigPin and they started using it as well. And they're like, you know, we weren't really thinking about it, but it was available. And then we started doing it. And sure enough, it was doing pretty well. So you're dabbing into it a little bit, tipping your toe in the water and figuring out, hey, does this actually work for us? And then you find out that, yeah, it probably does for most audiences and most clientele. I think that's probably the one thing that question a lot of e-commerce brands and talking to Omnisend customer success managers, they'll tell you the same objections they get from companies is, I don't know if my, my customers will want this, right? So that goes into then, well, ask for it. And if they don't opt into it, that's kind of your answer right there, but you're not out anything. Well, that's it. And this is one of the reasons that I'm such a big fan of Omnisend is you make it easy to get started in trial. So let's say you have 10,000 customers and 2% of them opt into your SMS. So just table of math is that 2% of 10,000 is about two to 300 SMSs that will then convert at a very high rate. And you can use that to make your decision. Is this something that we should promote more? And Every person or every brand, every consultant, every expert who is actively doing SMS says a very small percentage relative to their email marketing uh, size list equates a very similar amount of revenue. I 100% agree, right? I think if you do, I mean, you're just doing simple, you know, table math, like you said there. But I think if you really break it down, 
you start collecting SMS and you see that sign up rate coming through, like that's a great indication. Then you really can just do table math on your own internal brand and your signups and go, okay, if we get a 10% click rate, if we get a six and a half percent conversion rate, you can do those table math and say, okay, if we send this, like what's our average order value there and what are we doing? And you might find that SMS people convert with higher average order values and more frequency or whatever it might be there and kind of figure it out pretty easily. Shout out to Omnisend, right? Free SMS credits with with certain plans as well. So it could really be risk-free for you and you got nothing to lose. Lucas, I was having this conversation before we jumped on the call today to record about open rates with SMS because it's something mm-hmm. where you can't really track them. I want to ask you, after you get an SMS, friends, family, company, how long does it take you to get into to actually read the SMS? So I'm a weird guy and I have like zero notifications on my phone. But one that I do is SMS or text messages because I can view it from my lock screen. So I see a message come in and I, I usually check it right away. Now, whether or not it's it's important will will determine if I actually go in and, and check it. But whether I see a number from a brand or or my mom, I check it right away on my lock screen to see what's this about. And there's definitely an element of almost like fishing where you, you just kind of got to be in the right place at the right time. You can't catch a big fish or you can't have SMS that converts if you you never have any chips in the in the pod, so to, so to speak. And I think that there's a huge element of recall or ways that it can be measured down the line where somebody might see an SMS. And let's use just because they're they're fresh and I'm I'm hungry baking steel as an example. If they tease that they their baking steel carbon steel pans are going on sale three for two hundred dollars, it's a pretty high order value. But for people who are really interested, they will remember that. So even if they don't open, click, or even engage with that SMS when they go to promote it via email, promote that offer that can that special. There's another bonus or positive indicator of increased open and engagement rates on your emails as well. So you're really getting two shots at that same customer making a purchase if you can reach out and touch them via email and SMS. And I think the time sensitivity one there is a really important factor, whether it's shipping notifications or notifications or Think about flash sales, things like this. People are, you mentioned it, like I'm, I'm checking it. I might not be fully invested in the SMS message because I'm doing other things or, you know, but it's on my lock screen, but you are seeing it right away. Where email, you might see it right away. You might see it 12 hours later. You're kind of up to the consumer behavior at that point when they're in front of their email. Everyone's in front of their phone all the time. So flash sales, expiry reminders, all these things, right? The time sensitive thing is just so important here. Lucas, we are seeing this rise in SMS right now. It's been growing for years, a lot easier to execute now than it was, say, five years ago. It's continuing to go up, and all the metrics associated with it are continuing to go up. What do you think is the most important thing from a marketing standpoint for the audience to know when it comes to SMS? That you can't use your same emails as SMS. You can't, don't take the subject line and just make that the text message. Create a text message that you would actually send to someone and that will have a huge impact on call it whatever quality metrics you're you're looking for. I also think it's important to really get people to opt in 
and be comfortable with it. Just because you see that a segment of your list or a small portion size reacts really well doesn't mean that it's for all of your customers. So as easy as it is, explore it and let SMS become its own channel. Don't just try to duplicate email and think that you'll you'll succeed at that. You can definitely use the same calendar and themes of your messaging, but you shouldn't be just trying to duplicate your email rev- email revenue, email messaging, even the types of images you use because you know for sure it will be open on mobile. If you do any sort of MMS marketing or sending messages get or, or emojis, for example, are a lot more common and friendly in SMS than email, even for a fun and easygoing brand. So just really treat it like its own separate channel. Lucas, my tie into the answer you just gave. So if so, just tell me to pass and we'll move on from there. But I've been asking you all season about pet peeves of particular topics. How about an SMS pet peeve of yours? I got to tread lightly with this one. (laughs) I have a cop-out answer, but one is, and just because I can think of a brand that's soiling SMS for me, is if customers stop or unsubscribe, don't just put them onto another list right away and just start cramming more more messages down down the throat. I think that that's tempting, but dangerous. I think really being respectful of your customers' inboxes, in this case, SMS, is is critical. Consumers are still sensitive around what kind of messages they're getting. So I think that that is a, a very important consideration for, for brands getting started. Uh, but also, because it is a new channel, don't worry as much about the, those unsubscribes. But going back to the question, what's an SMS pet peeve that companies tend to do? I think leave me subscribed is is one. And another one I'm just going to play the Canadian card. If a product doesn't ship to Canada or it's not really relevant to me, not segmenting the list. So in this case, it could be a regional thing. But if you sell, say, men and women's apparel, and I've only bought men's apparel, I'm not very interested in women's shoes and dresses for, for summer. So I think that that is something to be mindful of, of just... I don't like it when it's I've clearly been spammed and I know that the companies have the data to to not to not spam me and segment a little bit better. I would always tell you not to worry about the unsubscribes on emails as well, right? There's a lot of value in those unsubscribes, so honor them, do your best with them, but don't worry about them, right? I think this is one of the beauties of SMS too. If they do opt out of your email program but they want to get SMS, maybe that's their preferred channel. You know, so it gives you another opted in trusted touch point with them. And the same thing, if they want to get out of SMS, but they prefer email, you've still got that opted in channel. I think that's a really important point to make here as well. So Lucas, thanks for being here again for the insights on the SMS, both on the first episode and for this one as well. So Lucas Walker, everyone, if you want to know more about Lucas, let's dare I say international e-commerce veteran, please check out our show notes. We'll have uh, links to his podcast down there, links to how to contact them as well. So uh, Lucas, real quick, why don't you just verbally, best way to get a hold of you as well. So why don't you give that out to the audience? Yeah, you know what? It's SMS. Uh, if you want to shoot me a text, my phone number is 416-388-4470. Go ahead, shoot me a text. Let me, let me know if you're listening to it, if that's weird or too personal for you. Just search Lucas Walker wherever you're listening to, to this podcast, Spotify, Apple, 
etc. Or just search for for me on Google, Lucas Walker, Twitter, Lucas Walker, LinkedIn, whatever channel you're looking for. I'm probably on. So just my name plus the channel in Google Bing. I'm in all the search engines. So find me there. If I'm doing my job right, hopefully it's I'm not too, too hard to find. So if people are listening intently before Lucas, they would know you are in Canada. So if you do text Lucas, please be aware of any sort of international SMS. That's right. If you're on, on Android and you text my Canadian iPhone number, you, you might be charged. So I'm not going to pay your long distance bill. I, I'm not paying for any overages, but that is my phone number and feel free to text me. Yeah. So just wanted to throw it out there. We Omnisend is also not paying it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but... OmniSend will pay for some SMS credits if you're on the pro plan or higher and you want to get started. That is 100% true. Lucas, thanks again for the time. You guys stick around for the next conversation. We're going to dive into all things SMS marketing with a company doing it well. So be sure to stick around. All right, for our next segment, I'd like to welcome the show, Rob Lynn, owner of DivaTrust. Rob has grabbed SMS marketing by the emoji bullhorns, if you will, and has been finding success with it. I want to know how he's about to tell us. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure on our side. So, Rob, thanks for taking the time. Before we kind of get into the whole SMS ball game here, why don't you give us a quick rundown about who DivaTrust is and what your typical customer is like? DivaTrust, well... Came from brick and mortar retail. Then we started in e-commerce in 2009 with the idea of wanting to reach more people. Our concept was to treat customers like divas, offering our products with great service, including quick delivery and just trying to go above and beyond in terms of customer service. I'd say, well, we have many different customers, but our ideal customer would be female between the ages of 25 and 55. Very good. What's a typical, uh, as best you can, what's a typical like price point or AOV for a customer for yours? About $60. I'd say about $60. All right. Very good. So, and then as far as the marketing team goes, Rob, uh, how many people on your team are responsible for email slash SMS? Let's just throw them all together there. Two. And I'm assuming, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to assume they're also doing other things as well, whether it's social media, paid social, something else in the business outside of just email. Is that a fair assumption to make? That's correct. Perfect. And final question before we get into the SMS side of things, uh, which e-commerce platform do you guys use? Uh, We're on Shopify, which is awesome. Excellent. All right, Rob, thanks for the background. Always nice to set the stage for how many resources you guys are working with, types of data you might be working with to bring in, as well as price points. So I appreciate that background. We are here to talk about SMS. And as if you followed OmniSend or any part of the conversation for this current podcast season, SMS has popped its head up pretty much everywhere here. When did you guys start using SMS as a marketing channel? And the follow-up to that is, what spurred you to begin testing it? We started with SMS marketing last year. I thought about uh, SMS marketing for, for a period of time before that. And with people's changing habits, tendencies, I feel like we needed to reach people in different ways than we did before. Really ways that people want to be communicated by and uh, that is convenient for them. Was there something, Rob, that made you guys think the current system, not that it wasn't working, but your current channels, whether it's social media or email, whatever it might have been, needed a little oomph or needed an, an extra kind of arm or leg to it? Was there something that kind of propelled you to say, okay, you know, we got this thing here, SMS, 
what's this thing all about? Why, why, why should we not jump into it? Was there something that propelled that or was it just a natural evolution? I, I mean, I kind of think it was natural evolution, somewhat natural evolution. And just, uh, you know, again, it's, it's being able to communicate, being able to talk to, being able to reach people, uh, more people and, you know, again, in, in the ways they want to. So when you guys decided that, yep, okay, I'm going to start tackling the SMS route, is there some place you went? Where, where did you guys start? Was it, let's start collecting the SMS first and then figure it out from there? Or did you do a lot of back-end research first to figure out, okay, this is exactly what we need to do. Now let's start collecting the, S- the mobile numbers. Like, Can you walk us through that early stage process? Well, yeah, so early on, um, basically it's like, yeah, we need to do this. We need to do this SMS thing. The first thing we did was right get, you know what, we need to get people to sign up. Uh, how do we do this? So we created a pop-up uh, to make it easy for, well, email subscribers, but also uh, the SMS uh, subscribers. So in, uh, in about a year, we've had 70,000 uh, SMS sub- subscribers, uh, which I'm ecstatic about. Um, it's totally created a whole new channel uh, for us to communicate with our customers. So 70,000, that's a massive number, right, in one year. So I'm assuming, and I got a couple questions with that because that's a great number. One of the first questions, and this is something we get all the time and you kind of read about it in different uh, publications, things things like that, is age demographic, right? So everyone is using SMS regardless of the demographic you are, just whether it's for marketing purposes or personal purposes. It's just part of everyone's day-to-day lives now. What is your typical demographic from an age perspective? Is it that younger to middle-aged or are you all the way across the board? You go from young to older. Yeah, I think it is going to be young, younger to middle-aged primarily. But again, it's just as people get more used to it, uh, you know, older people kind of have to get used to using technology, right? But, uh, but it's so convenient and it gets right into, right onto people's phones so quickly and, and our our uh, customer is primarily mobile so we have you know we have a uh, high percentage of mobile users so this is something incredibly important for us makes perfect sense do you have any sense of how many people that also opt into email also opt into the sms channel or is that a little fuzzy just i know i'm kind of like throwing numbers at you right away right <laughs> and which you might not be looking at right there but do you have any ballpark you know is it 30 percent of people that typically sign up also give us the sms number or anything you can kind of lead that way greg i think you read my mind because uh it is about 30 percent. hey there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're good i'm right behind you right now uh, <laughs> uh so this is really interesting because I'm curious now, we're getting about, say, we'll just ballpark to 30% of people that sign up for email, also signing up for SMS. So we have two different channels here, right? You don't want to ignore your email subscribers because, again, SMS also signing up for email, at least the large majority of it, we'll assume they are. But we have this large contingent also of email subscribers who are not on SMS. So how have you guys been able to balance the SMS to email with those same customers that might be on both? Are you kind of duplicating marketing efforts there? Are you making sure that maybe you suppress them from a particular email send? Can you walk us through your strategy and how you approach having two different marketing channels for the same consumer? You know what? Actually, we, we kind of haven't had a separate strategy yet. So that's something that is something that we'll need to work on. 
perfectly fine. How are you guys using SMS? Maybe that's a better way to ask the same question. Like, how are you guys using SMS now? Is it one-off campaigns? Is it within automations? Is it send the same time or the same day as an email promotion might go? Or are they just kind of one-off on the SMS side? So we we use uh, SMS in uh, multiple automated uh, campaigns. So definitely automations. And and now... uh, use uh, SMS in every email campaign as well. So definitely, uh, you know, we've tested some different timings, but we do try to use them at different times. Uh, You know, people are on their phones constantly. So I think um, the timing is definitely a little bit different with email campaigns and uh, SMS. Yeah. And here's one of the things with SMS and and push notifications, web push notifications are one of the same things, which SMS is a lot more mature in the grand scheme of things than push notifications. But there's usually when brands are starting out, there's a lot of testing involved. It's, you know, will it work here in this situation? Will it work here? You mentioned testing timing, right? And no one really knows, like there's no concrete, hey, this is exactly when to do it and this is exactly how to do it. It's kind of figuring out what works for your audience, your brand. So I love mm-hmm. the fact you're testing timing. I love the fact you're doing it in automations. You know, a lot of it is throw it at the wall, see what sticks. And if it sticks, let's roll with it, you know? So that's really how it works. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the the hurdles that companies who are not doing SMS, who kind of have in the back of their mind or are curious about it. A lot of times that can be one of those factors that make them not get into it is because they don't know exactly what to do. But you guys didn't know what to do when you jumped in. You're like, okay, well, we seem to be the right demographic for it. Let's go ahead and collect it and see what happens. So when you guys were testing timing with that, is there anything concrete you found out? Do they tend to respond later in the day, earlier in the day? Is it something else with the timing? Anything you can point to or or provide direction for other companies who might be listening? as far as timing that works for you? Uh, I mean, we've definitely found earlier, early in the day is great, uh, morning, midday. I mean, and then also, uh, I mean, we've been pretty surprised, but uh, in the evenings, early evenings, we've had some success also. So that's interesting because it seems to match the patterns for the SMS messages I get from brands. So I get, they tend to come earlier, either in the mornings or certainly in the early to later evenings and then midday, I might get one or two here and there, but usually the midday is fairly quiet for me. Is there anything you can point to that you think with your audience that makes you think about why the morning or, or the evening works better than say, just throwing it out midday, whether they might be on lunch break or whatever? Is there something you can point to that, that tends to lead you that way? Oh, wow. Uh, that's that's a tough one. Uh, you know, I really, really can't say for certain. Yeah, I really, I really wouldn't be able to pinpoint that. Oh, you can make up answers. That's fine, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, um, that's how, that's how I live my life, man. We just we just throw it out. <laughs> it's like everything else. You throw it at the wall and see what sticks. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give me that question one more time here. So uh, let me circle back this way then, Rob. So you mentioned you're doing it on uh, with a couple automation messages as well. Can you talk about? What type of automation messages you're using these the SMS messages in? The automation. So we ha- we have a welcome a welcome automation. So and that one uh, goes hand in hand with our uh, pop up. And then we also have a an abandoned cart uh, automation, which is you know a little bit different than the abandoned checkout 
Also, we are doing another uh, automation for uh, product abandonment. So, if, you know, if you happen to, to look at uh, a product, uh, there's an automation for that also. So that's pretty cool. You guys are doing a lot of different places there. So the welcome message makes tons of sense, right? Because you're opting into an SMS anyway. So you really set the standard there. Works really well. And then you're also looking at actual shopping behavior, right? Between the cart and the product abandonment. So I think they're really cool messages. So Rob, are you guys using only SMS or are you experimenting with MMS as well? And for the listeners that maybe don't know what that is, MMS is a visual component to the SMS, right? So it's the image that comes along with the SMS, which would be your text base with links in it. So are you guys doing MMS at all? You know what? That's great that you asked. Um, Currently, we aren't, but we are planning to start using MMS uh, in the very near future. And, you know, people are visual. So, you know, once I feel, uh, once we start this, I feel like uh, sky's the limit. It's really, uh, you know, we'll see how well we're able to create the visuals for our customers and uh, grab their attention. But once you add good imagery to text, I mean, it's a whole new game. Yeah, I think for you guys as well, right? You have a very visual product. The whole product is based on visuals. Right, totally. Yeah, so it seems like it would be a natural fit there. I think MMS, when I talk to companies that do that as well, it's a very similar conversation than what we kind of had with the SMS. It's like, do we use it every single time? Do we use it on certain campaigns and not others? Where does it make the most sense to use the images? Because you probably don't need to do it in every message, Mm -hmm. but there's probably certain points where you can do so. So card abandonment might make sense there, but I would suspect they would probably do very well for you because it is such a visual product. Mm From a list growth standpoint on your mobile numbers, so you mentioned the pop-up there. Have you guys played with doing any sort of promotional email campaigns to email subscribers, asking them to opt into or sign up to an SMS list? Or has your growth strategy been solely around around the pop-up? It's really been around the pop-up. So that, I mean, that pop-up's, uh, I mean, done amazing. It's done amazing for us. Is there anything surprising you've learned throughout the process from getting going with SMS into kind of where we sit today that maybe you wouldn't have thought about either positive or negative that maybe you wouldn't have thought about before you got into it? Well, I mean, I, I really, um, really went in, uh, you know, pretty open-minded and I, you know, I don't, I don't like to expect or really set any, very specific goals, but kind of, you know what, let me do this as good as we can get right. And um, so in in that way, you know, it was pretty blank slate, I would say. But um, I mean, it's really exceeded uh, my expectations. As far as conversions go and activity, just engagement activity, even if you look past conversions here, but Mm -hmm. have you noticed say we send campaign X on Wednesday afternoon. We also have the SMS campaign X going on Wednesday afternoon matches, right? We send them both at the same time. Have you noticed any sort of cannibalization efforts or has it really just been more of an uptick and the consumers are just interacting on their preferred channel there? Is there any sort of data that you can point to of whether it's increasing sales or just spreading them out across channels? Well, I... I I think we we have taken a slight hit email marketing wise, maybe several percent, two couple percent, but the growth with SMS has been ginormous, really, and the engagement with SMS. Uh, I mean, I, it's about double. That translates into 
much higher sales as well. So SMS is definitely growing. So I, I think you mentioned it before, just in passing, but I think that that kind of points to the consumers interacting on the channels that whichever channel they prefer to interact with in that point. So, you know, you take a little hit on the email, but it's less reliant that they go to the email at that point, right? If they want to get the SMS, they just open it up, they click and they engage. And like you said, they're mostly mobile anyway. So it's, right. it's maybe it's just more convenient for them. So yeah, I think that's a really good insight for a lot of people as well, because that's the one thing where if you start doing SMS and you look at your email numbers and be like, oh man, we're down here a little bit, but you're picking it up and you're getting the extra on the SMS side, you're making the experience better for the customer at that point. Whether it's browsing or shopping, you're just you're communicating in a better light. So I think that's a really important note there as well. I appreciate the honesty as well, because you know, we certainly want to encourage people to test SMS out, experiment with it. I think it's one of these channels that's going to be here to stay and it's only going to accelerate over the next uh, short period of time. How do you see SMS shaking out over, say, the next 12, 18, 24 months? Do you think it's going to plateau? Do you think it's just going to continue to accelerate? Do you think it's going to decline a little bit? Where do you sit from your side, Rob? Well, I mean, at this point, I can't imagine our world without SMS marketing. I mean, it's really taken off. Our SMS subscribers are growing much faster than email subscribers. I think I mentioned that earlier. Or, well, at least the, well, I mentioned the engagement, but the subscribers are also going uh, much faster. SMS is just becoming more important for us. And uh, it's, it's definitely not going anywhere. It's only growing. And it's growing at a high rate. So personally, Rob, are you signed up for other retailers or other e-commerce brands' SMS messages at all? I, I, I am. All right. And how do you respond to those yourself? I actually use it to see what they're, you know, kind of what they're, uh, what they're doing. Exactly. Little market intel, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I need a little inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone so. does. It's great. So when you get messages, even though you're using it for inspiration and seeing what people are doing, trying to get great, uh, you know, beg, borrow, and steal what you like and dismiss what you don't like, which I think every company should do. Is there something about like a pet peeve or something? Like when you get certain messages, is there something that you personally like when you get those? I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. We should do that. Or on the flip side, like, uh, let's make sure we never do that because that's just the wrong approach for our, our customers. Is there something that just kind of eats at you on the backside? Well, once I received an SMS message pretty late in the evening, which was pretty irritating. So that's something that uh, I would say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, not bother someone, uh, you know, late in the evening. But otherwise, uh, you know, I can't really say anything uh, that's really caught my attention either way besides that. Very good. And that might be, I don't know, maybe it's, it's dummy proof, right? Because you only have so many characters put in an SMS message. So it's, it's not hard to screw up an email or easy to screw up an email, but it, it can certainly be done, right? That stuff happens, mm-hmm. tends to happen time to time sms might be harder to do because you're you're truncating your message down to a very finite number of characters which might just be harder to to do something that, that conveys poorly or on the flip side maybe it's harder to jump off the page to you as well as really excite you i think you mentioned getting a a message really late at night right and, and that's probably what most people would probably say is a pet peeve of theirs and goes in like testing that timing and trying to figure out when people want to get it. So I think it's good insight. So Rob, pretty much what we got today is you guys want to start using SMS. You were intrigued by it. You started collecting 
numbers, threw it on your pop-up, and you started to see a pretty good growth pretty quickly of SMS, which I always tell companies, great way to figure out whether your audience is going to respond to SMS is start collecting them. And if you find out you're getting one or two out of thousands, probably a good sign that maybe your audience isn't best for it, but start collecting it. You guys are using it. You're figuring out where to send and you tested the timing, but you're sending it with email campaigns. So you're complementing your efforts there. You put in a couple automations. So specifically welcome cart and product abandonment, great things to do. You've tested, so you find out early and later are your two times where people tend to respond more to, which is kind of what I see from brands. Mm-hmm. So those were my takeaways from today, right? You guys just need to figure out how to do it. You just jumped in, you did it, you figured it out mm-hmm. as you went, and you started optimizing through there, which I think is great advice for other people. Is there anything, if you look back from the time you started to right now, anything you would redo or has that been good? No, I mean, it's, you know, it's been great. It's really been great. You know, I had a lot of support and it was, uh, so it's really just been a great experience. A second last question today, Rob, for you. I asked you very early on in this conversation, how many people are staffed on your team that are dedicated to marketing efforts, email, SMS. Majority of the people listening to this, big brand, small brand, medium brand, doesn't really matter. They're also faced with those same resource limitations. It's just, we've seen it for 15 years. So I, I asked all my guests, piece of advice you might be able to offer those brands that are maybe wanting to do SMS, but are struggling with resources. Is there something you could point to as a piece of advice for those companies? Sure. Well, well I'd say just do it. Even if you do the bare minimum with uh, setting up automations, it's a super easy win. But really, there's no reason not to bring SMS to work alongside with uh, email campaigns because, as you said earlier, the limited amount of characters makes SMS messaging much more direct. So in a way, it can be pretty easy to create effective messages for your customers. I think the listeners, if they've listened to previous episodes here, we've pretty much gotten the same answer from everyone. Just do it. Doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, this might be the easiest one because SMS, <laughs> you do have limited characters, right? You don't have to come up with all these different types of image creation and all that stuff. So Rob, great advice. I think it's it's on par with what everyone else has said who's having success with these things. So Rob, thanks for your time today. Final question, if someone wants to reach out to either you or find the company, we'll have that information in the show notes. But how about verbally, if someone wants to reach out, what's the best way for them to find you? My email address is rob at divatrust.com. Love to hear from you. Great. And divatrust.com for the actual website as well, everyone. So that'll be in the show notes. Rob Lynn, everyone, owner at DivaTrust. Rob, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, Greg. Thanks again for having me. For more info on Rob and DivaTrust, like mentioned, be sure to check out the show notes. Thanks again, Rob. And stay tuned, everyone, for our next segment. Now it's time for the workflow. And for our final segment today, I'd like to bring in George Moser, Manager of Customer Success here at OmniSend. George works with a variety of e-commerce clients, helping them improve their email marketing programs, and more importantly, get things implemented. So George, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Really excited for this uh, conversation today. Yeah, it's the first time we've had you on the podcast, which is awesome. I always love, we've had a lot of new people on the podcast uh, all season long, which is excellent. Always keeps it fresh for me, which I enjoy. George, like I've been doing with everyone else on this segment for the season, can you just quickly, briefly introduce yourself, You know where you're located, and explain how you work and interact with clients on a day-to-day basis? 
Yeah, so um, right now I am in North Carolina, transitioning down to uh, our U.S. office, uh, which is going to be opening up soon in, in Charleston. What I do is I, I manage a team of customer success managers here at OmniSend, um, and our job is to really support a variety of different tiers in terms of who our customers are, providing them education, sharing with them best practices, making sure that everybody on their teams are utilizing the platform, and overall just making sure that not only our clients are are happy, but seeing the highest ROI possible. Very good. And you've been in the e-commerce game for a long time now, so you've been around the block a time or two, right? You've kind of seen it from a lot of different perspectives. So, you know, we're here to talk about SMS marketing today and how you're helping clients and your team work with their companies and brands to kind of tip the toe in the water with SMS and then also get accelerating with SMS as well. You know, one of the things that we often hear, and this is just kind of where we're at in the industry right now is companies who are not doing SMS are kind of gun shy when it comes to it, right? They've got these mm-hmm. these natural obstacles or hesitations with it, which is understandable, but some of them think that they're too intrusive. Some of them think that their customers won't like it or their customers aren't the right age set. So are you approached when you're talking to companies, regardless of when you're talking to companies and brands with those same hesitations? And if you are, what is your typical response to those people? Yeah, it's a really interesting point. So this is brought brought up uh, somewhat often. Me, I, like you said, you know, I've, I've been in this game for a while now, and I've always found that when you have a hypothesis for something that is going to, you know, potentially be successful, whether that's SMS marketing, whether it's a digital marketing initiative out, out, outside of that or another channel, it's always best really to start with uh, some data and really see how that's working as opposed to taking on everything all at once. You know, that, that's one of the things with OmniSend is there's so much functionality. There's so many features. And a lot of our clients just get so excited. They want to use everything at first right away, which we're going to be able to do and help them. But we want to make sure first that, you know, if we're opening up a new channel of communication like SMS, we want to do it really slowly and in a very strategic way and then slowly start to scale out. So you mentioned starting with some data to then figure out, hey, is it maybe a right fit for me or is it something I should at least try out? When you're looking at data, what types of data do you specifically look at with brands to help them decide whether or not they should start pursuing SMS as a a marketing channel for them? First, what I'm looking at, if they've never done SMS before, is I want to see what the engagement is like through email, right? How are those opens? Are they, you know, above 15%? Are the click rates above 2%? If there's strong engagement there, chances are there's going to be strong engagement in SMS. And then it's just a matter of, coming down to how we want to leverage that channel. Is it something that we want to use in addition to push notifications and emails? Do we want to send a a one-off campaign? So having a a more high-level discussion with our clients in terms of what they're looking to achieve and how we can potentially roll out phases to get there is really crucial. But yeah, to answer your, your question, data in terms of email engagement, and then also data in terms of their consent and different fields that they might be collecting information from, right? Are their conversions doing well based on their pop-up form? So yeah, a lot of different data points. That's really interesting that you're looking at email to then make a kind of like an estimation of whether SMS would be successful for them. So is the presumption then that, hey, if we're getting engaged people with our email, we're growing our list presumptively the right way, which you should be, right? Side Mm -hmm. note. But (laughs) we're also sending emails that, 
that do engage people, that entice them, that keep them opening and keep them clicking and things like this. So the theory is engage group. Let's now shift the marketing channel because we know our brand is using the right voice. Is that the the assumption? Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's cool. That's yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone look at the email they said for SMS, right? I'll go in there and say, well, SMS is rising and everyone's doing it, so you should just do it. Right? <laughs> so a little more in your face with it rather than looking at the data. But mm-hmm. that's really cool, George, that you mentioned that. So that being said, okay, let's say you're talking to a brand and they're like, okay, we've got good engagement. We've got some decent open rates, some decent click to send rates or click to open rates. We've got them here. Let's start diving into SMS. And the question might be, well, now, how do I use SMS, right? So we think about use cases for one-off emails or one-off sends. Are they tied to the SMS? Are they in automation? So from your standpoint, what are some of the best use cases that you found for companies that are looking to start SMS? So first, it's the use cases that I, I see using, you know, getting the most traction are leveraging that channel in an automation Three of the highest converting automations that, that you can have with not just OmniSend, but any email service provider out there, you know, is a welcome series, abandoned cart, and, and maybe browse abandonment. So if somebody hasn't opened in a welcome series, the first two emails, I'll suggest for that third communication to be, you know, a new channel using behavior for, from those messages, whether somebody has clicked or opened that email to push further engagement. So that's the the lowest hanging fruit in terms of where, where a lot of value is. Also, you know, I like to make sure that these SMS campaigns are actually going out being tied to revenue. So I, I had a conversation about two weeks ago with one of my clients and they're doing a um, some sort of a giveaway through their social media accounts. And they wanted to send SMS messages to their entire list just having them sign up for a contest. And we kind of pivoted out from using that and used push notifications instead and leveraged the actual, that channel to drive revenue as opposed to just engagement. Very cool. So you mentioned low-hanging fruit. We've been talking about automations all season long and how to use them. So SMS, obviously you can incorporate those directly into the same workflow as email or push or whatever you want to do there. So let's take automations to the side and say, okay, now if there is just one perfect type of campaign to start with, with which is just maybe just not automation, mm-hmm. we're talking about like we could do flash sales, we could do sale expiry, we could do just something one-off. What is that one just regular kind of promotional SMS message you would recommend a, a company send? Well, I think this is a, a good time of year to do this. We have you know new collections coming out for the summer, so something that's really compelling like that, new lines coming in, a, a new sale. I think those will be you know really really engaging. Yeah, we've heard that before from guests as well with the new product lines, right? New launches, mm-hmm. things like that. So you know we're talking about you mentioned very early on about engagement, right? Are we keeping people engaged with the emails and the SMS? If you have new product, like what's more engaging than a new product, right? Or new thing right. or engage people. So love the advice there. George, something I've been asking all the uh, customer success managers and the Omni senders who have, who have come on so far is companies we've spoken to all season long are tight on resources. And this is not something... This is not something that is unique to just a couple brands, right? Most brands, even larger ones, are very tight on resources when it comes to email marketing side. You might have one, two, maybe three people if you're really lucky on that team. 
So right. we're trying to do more, right? Increase sales, not the workload. If a company you work with or any company out there listening is tight on resources, but they want to explore SMS as a marketing channel, and but they actually want to get things done, what type of advice would you offer to them? I'd want to better understand, you know, why they're looking, what is it that's compelling about SMS, right? Why are you thinking, is this because it's a new trend? So I'd, I'd want to do a little bit more discovery into their use cases and then go into what they have rolling out over the next three months where we can find that, like like I just mentioned, you know, that low-hanging fruit. So one of the good great things about OmniSend is that, yes, we have a lot of functionality in our platform, but it is very easy to use. A lot of our clients are strict, you know, are, are very tight on resources, but we make things really seamless in terms of not just the functionality and the usability in the platform, but the support as well. Not just from the customer success managers, but also our technical support, deliverability. So I think we do a really great job in terms of providing as much support as, as we can. Obviously, you know, we can't help everyone all the time. You know, we have about 50,000 customers and, but we do do a phenomenal job of, you know, sharing things up. Very good. So your recommendation is to to lean on people, right? Lean on resources that are available to you. So that could theoretically be blogs, right? That we have on there, uh, help documentation, customer support, like you talked about, success managers, whatever you are. So, you know, if you're tight on resources, you know, it, it's the old, the old, I don't know, it's not really an old adage, but use the resources at your disposal there. So I, I think that's the one thing that I think we all struggle with at some point is we want to do everything ourselves, but at some point we need to admit we need help somewhere. So I like the advice there. You know, it goes with everything else that we've been hearing as well, right? Just jump in, get it done, do small things at a time, one at a time, and resources and, and help that you have can certainly help you get those things done. George, just personal OmniSend type question now. So personally for you, what's the best thing about working at OmniSend? It's the platform. I love our platform. The things that we're doing right now, the things that are coming down on the pipe are just really, really exciting. Um, there's going to be some really just great ch changes that are coming up and about. Like the, the team in and of itself is fantastic. We have great leadership, trickles down into you know my team as, as well. So the platform, the people, and it's fun being able to work in e-commerce as well and um, have those interesting types of conversations like we're having now. So kind of a three-parted answer there. Hey, I'll take, I'll take all the parts you got for me. So uh, <laughs> as they say, shavings bake a pile, so we need a pile here. Yes. So George Moser, everyone, Manager of Customer Success here at Omnisend. George, thank you for your time today. Appreciate the conversation, appreciate the insights. If anyone wants to reach out to George, has any questions for him, we'll have some of his uh, social profile information in the show notes. Be sure to check that out. To everyone listening, thank you for your time as well. If you do have any questions or comments or want to learn more about how to use email marketing, SMS marketing to increase your sales and not your workload, feel free to email us at podcast at omnisend.com or visit us at omnisend.com. Until next time, have a great day and be kind to one another. Mm -hmm.